Welcome to the Hands in Motion podcast, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. Here we will discuss all things upper extremity therapy, from assessment to treatment, the latest research, the patient experience, and other topics related to the field of upper extremity rehab. Learn more and subscribe today at ASHT.org. Welcome back to another episode of Hands in Motion. I'm Kara Smith. And I'm Stephanie Strauss. On this episode, we are going to be discussing a benefit that all ASHT members have access to, the monthly journal club. So each month, the research division holds a journal club to review a recent article from the Journal of Hand Therapy and discuss its clinical relevance. We are joined today by Sarah Dorr, the chair of the Journal Club Committee, to learn how the Journal Club works, how members can participate, and even how students that are interested in hand and upper extremity rehab can participate and be exposed to clinical research. We have our guest today, Sarah Dorr. Sarah, give us a little bit of a background about what you do, what area you practice, how you got into research. I am part of the ASHT research division and I am the journal club chair at ASHT. I have been a clinician for 21 years. I work in the Washington DC area for a physician owned practice for 14 years. I teach at a lot of local schools, but now I'm part-time at George Washington university in DC. And what got me really into research was that I decided to go for my PhD and I went on a part-time basis so I could still work. And I really wanted to do clinical research. And that's really where I got started. And going to conference, I decided I really want to get more involved in the research division at ASHT as well, see what opportunities were with them. And I have my dissertation research is still in the process and hoping it can get through to be published in the very, very near future. (laughs) (laughs) So that is where I am at. I've had some survey research published, but I'm really looking for my first clinical study to get into the journal. So that is that. Tell us a little bit about what ASHT's Journal Club is. So ASHT's Journal Club is a service to members where we, it's a continuing education that we offer through the research division of ASHT. And what it is, it's a one hour review of a journal article. And so we choose moderators, some from the ASHT research division, some from outside that have an interest in maybe they have, they're in from academia or they have an OTD and they've done a lot where they understand statistical analyses and things like that. So they can really dissect the journal article for the membership and they present it in a PowerPoint presentation online. It's offered the last Monday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So do you have to be a member, you said, to join uh, the the journal club? Do you have to be a member of ASHT? You do have to be a member of ASHT. You can also be a student member and get on the journal club. So do you have to read the journal article ahead of time? What do you have to do to be prepared for a journal club? So typically, when you register, you know the article that we're going to be using. And as a member of ASHT, you can get access to the Journal of Hand Therapy. So due to that, we generally, most of the members will review the article in advance, read through it, because the format of Journal Club is interactive. So what we do is, as we're going through the article, we're asking you questions about the article, such as, what's the purpose of this study? 
maybe what's the sample look like, what is inclusion exclusion criteria, asking questions regarding the results of the study. So typically you could have the article up and kind of review and go along with us as we discuss it. I've moderated multiple times and I usually also include an introduction to the topic. Last month I was the moderator and it was on tennis elbows. I had a level two student with me. So we presented a little background on what tennis elbow is. And this was on the effectiveness of eccentric exercise for that. And so we demonstrated that in a video, what is eccentric exercise and things like that. So typically the moderator will give you the title, then they maybe give you a little background of the topic of the journal article, and then go through a questions. And then that's where we let membership come in, answer the questions, interact with the moderator in that way. So you're kind of like going through it with us and really starting to learn the information a little bit better. So Sarah, how, when you say interactive, because I know that research can be intimidating and going through a journal and not wanting to answer something wrong. What do you, when you say interactive, is it through voice? Is it just in a chat box? What kind of interaction does the audience have? So typically the audience, we've had as much as like a hundred attendees. So when we get a large attendees, then we typically say, you know, we can't have everybody talking at the same time over Zoom because we use the Zoom format for Journal Club. So we'll have people get on in the chat box and they answer the questions from the moderator in the chat box. And then they can also ask additional questions that you can put in the chat box. I'm the director of the chair of the Journal Club for ASHT. So I'm on all the calls. So I'm the one that's kind of making sure there's nobody talking in the background. I'm also monitoring the chat box. So if there's a member that says, yeah, I didn't really understand that, or I'll come back and bring that up to the moderator later on so we can discuss that question. I do see that there are several standard questions that you're usually provided with. Like you, so you can kind of answer these questions ahead of time as you're reading through the article. So you're semi-prepared for the discussion. Is that true? What are the types of questions? Typically, we ask questions about like the purpose of the study. What's the sample look like? We'll ask a question about what were the significant findings of the study. And we always end with a clinical relevance question. So as you've gone through the whole study, the introduction of the study, the methods of the study, the results of the study, and then finally, generally, there's a conclusion to a study. We try to think about how are the results of that specific study really relevant to what all clinicians do every day in our practice. And I'll talk about if it's, I'm the moderator, I like to talk about with this eccentric exercise article I just reviewed, I started with some challenging patients I've had with tennis elbow or ones that have had maybe PRP and like additional interventions by the surgeon. It's like, I actually am trying this a little more in my practice. One person who had a repair tennis elbow or lateral epicondylectomy, and then I had one recently with a PRP. And like, I'm trying to really bring the evidence into my practice and really see what my outcomes look like too. So that kind of also brings in the audience. And generally at the end of, at the end of the presentation, we usually say, you know, if you want to unmute yourself, you want to give an opinion, or you want to talk to the moderator one-to-one, then that's totally fine. And it's up to the moderator. Some moderators are like, just unmute and we'll talk. I usually want to get through my presentation and then I want to chat with everybody at the end. So everybody has their way of 
doing journal club and that's completely fine with me. I just want everybody to feel comfortable, the moderators and then membership to get something really out of it at the end, learn something, maybe a little more about science. Cause even sometimes when we just did this one that was on, it was a systematic review and a meta-analysis. Some people don't know what a meta-analysis is maybe. So I define that too. So I always want to bring a little bit of science into each of the articles. If it's not talking about maybe what the stats are and and I have a PhD and I still don't know everything about stats by any means <laughs> whatsoever. So even this last article, I was looking in my Portney Watkins book, trying to figure out how to understand how the statistics were completed. And then how do I explain that to membership in a friendly way? So people don't get overwhelmed by what I'm trying to explain. So that's another little piece of that as well. I know you said that you typically try to stay with articles in the Journal of Pain Therapy. How does the committee choose the articles each month? Is it topic-based? Is it a hot topic in hand therapy? How do you choose what article you're going to discuss each month? Well, so we have to choose from Journal of Hand Therapy because that's the journal that our membership gets for free. So that's the first point there. Secondly, they have to choose an article that no one's presented in the last two years. And sometimes that can be challenging, especially if it's a really interesting article that a lot of people want to learn more about. I typically try to make it clinical research. I did allow us to do one survey this year, and it was mainly because it was about COVID. And the primary author of that article was able to come on and present, which I thought was interesting. We do get a lot of surveys. And as members, a lot of in membership, we do get a lot of emails with surveys of people trying to ask us questions. So I just thought it would be interesting to allow a survey to come in just to see how do you analyze survey research and how does that work. But typically, we want to stay more clinical so that our membership can learn more about what's what we're finding in science clinically and how they can apply that to their own practice. Evidence-based practice, that's what we're doing now, right? Absolutely. So I know you had seen that there have been a couple changes that have taken place in the journal club over the past, I guess, several months. Can you fill us in on what those changes have been? 2019, I believe, I was co-chair of the journal club with Beverly Bass. And we both had, at that time, it was a chat room. So, you know, like the chat rooms where you just type in. When it was at that format, they'd still have an article that the moderator would choose. And they would still ask questions, but it was all in writing. So there wasn't the ability to, which a lot of the Journal of Hand Therapy articles have really great tables, figures, some have pictures of the people like performing the activity or exercise that they're studying. So there's no way to do that on a chat room, right? So all you could really do was the writing. And sometimes it would be a little slow, less, much less interactive for sure. So I, her and I had sort of agreed that we really thought, and this was prior to the pandemic where everybody's on Zoom, but we were like, we really, really think this would be much better on a Zoom format. So we had to go through the ASHT board and then they approved it. And we just started the first Zoom, I believe it was like February, 2020, like right before the pandemic hit. And so we moved to that format and our first moderator, the first time we tried it, got this terrible storm. And it was like, <laughs> the internet was terrible. And I was like, oh, no, this is not how I wanted it to go. The first time we're doing Zoom and everyone's like, oh, I can't hear her. I can't. So that was a little stressful, but we got through that. And so far, I get feedback from membership after all of the journal clubs. I read through it. And 
everything has been really positive. People have really enjoyed being able to see the slides on the PowerPoints and really be able to look at different pieces of the article than just this writing on a chat room. So overall, I feel like it's been a huge success moving to Zoom. We had a lot of good, a lot of great feedback from membership. I have to say, I participated in my first journal club a couple months ago. So I did get to experience it on Zoom. And I have to say, like, I'm not in, I don't do much clinical research. I really enjoyed the format because I felt like coming in as a clinician, I enjoyed the fact that you walked through the article and like reminded myself, okay, yeah, this is when I do analyze a journal and I'm looking to implement something into my practice. These are the things to look for and don't get caught up in, in these numbers, but these numbers are important. And why is this important? And I, I really appreciated that this was available to our members to brush up, helped me brush up on, on my reading of articles and evidence. That's really great. So I have a level two student right now. And then I, I year one OT student just asked to come in and observe. And we were talking about, I was having her look at two different journal of hand therapy articles. They contradicted each other a little bit. And so I said, this doesn't mean that this doesn't really work but maybe it works for certain people. You can look at a study and one study finds this specific thing to be effective and the other one doesn't. But we know in clinical practice that we kind of find the things that really work for certain individuals. So we know that science backs it up. And maybe there are articles that say this works and no, this doesn't work. But I think we can at least take that and then make clinical judgments based on that evidence. Don't get confused with how that can make you feel. I've been doing it this way. Now this article says this. Well, they had two different samples from two different places. Sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it helps refreshing your memory as to why your patient population might be different and why this article might support that based on what the patients that are in front of you and what's included, what they looked at, what they didn't look at, and how you can apply that in your practice. Right. And you may see, oh, wow, they excluded this whole group, but this is the group that I primarily see But the other article didn't exclude them. Sometimes they're saying these are studies that looked at the same types of things, but they're not exactly the same. And unless it was the exact same study that was replicated, you can't always just say, well, well, they said it doesn't work. No, you can't say that because it was a different study. It wasn't somebody just replicating that one study. It's a little different. They were a little different. How did you come up with the idea to have the student journal club and who runs that? How does that work in comparison to the regular journal club? Cindy Ivey, who's at Northern Arizona University, she was our past research division chair. And she was had this idea. A lot of her students from her university are student members. So they had attended the ASHT journal club. So why can't we do this? Like well, this would be something we'd be interested in doing. So she came to the division meeting and said, you know, is this something that ACHT would be open to? And so we had a long discussion about it, about really, is this only for student members or is this for all students? Because a lot of clinicians get PTs and OTs get students. A lot of them don't have money for student membership, but they may see all the great benefits ASHT has offered for a student and maybe they would join. So what we kind of agreed our first year would be offered free. They would still register, but they weren't required to be a student member. So any student who hears about it can join and get some free education. They don't get anything. They obviously, our journal club, which I may have missed by telling you, you did get one continuing education hour for attending, 
We send you a little five question quiz, multiple choice. You take it, you get the credit. As a student, there's none of that involved, obviously, because they're still in school and they're not, they don't need continuing education hours as of yet. We decided we wanted to offer this something free for students. So I teach research one. So I usually do a journal club as an assignment for my students where they have to choose a journal article. Typically, I don't make it be for journal hand therapy, but I asked if anyone in my class would want to volunteer to present in that student-led journal club. So Cindy Ivey's class sort of did the first one. And then my class, like a group of four students presented the second time. And then we had University of Minnesota students come on for the third one. And now we're recruiting. And actually, we have had some outreach from a couple different schools. So I think University of Scranton is going to be presenting a class from there. And then another class, I'm not sure where that school is, maybe North Carolina somewhere. We're looking at offering it both in September and October, I believe, for this next groups to go. And then I think at that point, we'll decide, like, are we going to start to make it only for student members? But we had at the last call that I was on, actually, a lot of academics came on with their students. So a lot of people are trying to kind of include it in more into their curriculum, especially they're teaching a research course, and then bringing in the evidence to practice, which is what OT school really is about now. More so than even when I was an OT student. (laughs) Is it the same format as the ASHT Journal Club? It is. I always sort of leave it up to the students. The last group from Minnesota, they did it a little differently where they had you review the article and then they kind of went through some more broad questions, not those specific questions that really dissect the article. And that was fine too. Kind of left it a little more open-ended just to add a little more discussion. That was an article regarding musicians. There's some academics in the audience too that had experience with musicians. So we kind of try to leave it up to people. But if it's your first time moderating Journal Club and we have some new moderators this year and some coming up for next year, I typically say the easiest way is just to kind of break the article down and then review it in parts. And that's the easiest way to just get used to the format. That's such a great resource for students to get them exposed to implementing evidence and looking at the evidence and how it could relate to patient care. That's a great resource and a great addition for students. Yeah. And, you know, there's usually like a final project for some clinicals that you have to do at the very end. So for both of the students I've had recently, they've actually come and helped me co-moderate some of my journal club that I did for ASHT. But it's a great resource too. If you have a student that you need to do a final project with, that can be their final project. So I think that's a great idea for someone who has a student and wants them to start digging in a little more into the evidence that's out there on maybe a specific topic. Yeah. So all you clinicians that have students, listen, <laughs> listen up <laughs> yes. to this and send your students to the your students journal club. Or, or at least have them go. That could be part of it. Sure. Like, you know, sure. Because of my pandemic and my kids were only in school like two days a week, my student was kind of struggling to get her hours in. So I would include as part of some of her hours to make up an hour here and there and be like, okay, you're going to go to this journal club. You're going to go to, (laughs) so she was able to get more time there. It's so much more of a practical final project. They're actually getting something from it rather than some of the other projects that may be out there, I think that's just so much more beneficial to them. 
as far as just learning about how to go through a research article and kind of pick everything apart. Definitely. And, you know, AOTA can also give you experience on how to get critically appraised paper. So that's something you can present at a conference. So you could even take it to the next level if you had a student that wanted to present or even a group, and then you could come together to write a really good cap and then submit it into AOTA. And ASHT also takes caps as well. So you could do either or the MOOC get some time into a conference too. So there's another ways you can kind of build these into more scholarship for students. What is our upcoming journal club at the end of August? Do you know? <laughs> Who put you on the spot? <laughs> I do know. <laughs> I was like, give me a second. So I didn't put it down. <laughs> I know Sophie's doing it. <laughs> I think it's client preferences and perceptions regarding written home exercise program or video self-modeling across sectional study. I think our listeners may want to check in on that in the end. Yes, it will be the next Monday, last Monday of the month, which is the 30th of August at 9 p.m. And you just register on the website and then we'll send you the Zoom information at that time. So yes, it would be great if anyone's on. I think that's going to be a really neat article that was actually, I think it's 2019. I don't know if you have the date there, but it's actually a little older article, but no one's ever presented it. And I was like, oh, well, it actually seems really interesting, really comparing using like a paper handout with a, with a patient versus video. And I still go between the two in my clinical practice. Some people are like, no, I really want the piece of paper. And other people are like, no, this, I do not want to carry a paper around with me. <laughs> And I think the videos are actually sometimes a lot better because it's really them doing it, not just some picture of somebody. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting article. I'm excited to be there. Well, and for our listeners, if you didn't hear Sarah earlier, she said you get a free CEU. So that's definitely <laughs> an incentive as well. Yeah. Because if you go to every journal club for the whole year, that's 12 hours right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all fantastic. free. I know it's a great something we offer through ACHT just with your membership. It's great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today on ASHT's podcast, Hands in Motion. And everyone sign up for that journal review, typically at the end of every month. Last Monday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern great. Standard Time. Yes. Great. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Hands in Motion brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. You can listen on the ASHT website and or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Once subscribed, please rate and review the podcast to help us reach new listeners and continue to offer valuable, relevant content. You've been listening to Hands in Motion, brought to you by the American Society of Hand Therapists. To learn more about ASHT and to subscribe to the show, please visit ASHT.org. We'll see you next time on the Hands in Motion podcast. Hands in Motion.